Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Welcome to the show, Sydney. Thank you, Justin. Welcome to you, too. Welcome to you at home. Welcome to all of you. This is weird. This is a very special episode of It's a very uh, special episode of Sawbones. Because we have a new setup for our microphones, <laughs> and we're looking at each other. And that's new. Usually, we kind of like giving each other the side eye. The, is it, this might be the first time Justin's ever looked at me. <laughs> and you know what? You're as beautiful as I imagine, if not more so. <laughs> we're, we're, we usually face the world like same direction, facing... That's the only way to see know, all the threats. Not just staring at each way. other. Yeah. Like lost in love and romance. Um, So it's kind of like a different Sawbones this week, Zid. It is. It is. a, a for, our, for our new mic setup, we decided to try something a little... It's not really different. We've done shows sort of that are a little more... Um, I don't want to say serious... Uh, although it is serious, uh, this this show in particular doesn't delve quite as much into like ancient history and uh, the stupid stuff we did in the medieval times and that kind of stuff like like a traditional Sawbones episode does because a lot of people have asked us to talk about Zika virus. Right. And usually we um, those aren't the first ones you jumped onto for a variety of reasons. For one. Uh, there's not usually a lot of like prior knowledge. We like the ones where it's all fixed because that makes us look smart. Exactly. We we like ones there. There's a long history of people like, I don't know what you have, but I should probably put a leech on you. Or hey, right. I made this thing out of toxic substances and leaves. Why don't you paste your whole body in it and then run out naked in a full moon? Those are much more entertaining. And the thing about viruses, specifically like Zika, is that they were discovered a little more recently mm-hmm. and. I mean, not recently in the in the grand scheme of things, pretty recently. And there's not a whole lot of crazy stuff we ever did in the past for us to laugh about. Yeah. So it's a little harder to make funny. But we are. So we're not going to try to make Zika virus funny because we're that not. would be that doesn't make any sense. We're just going to try to <laughs> tell you about it. Tell you about it. Do our best. Um, and I want to since Zika virus is a fairly narrow topic, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about mosquitoes first. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're the pits. Right? Yeah, they That's are the pits. Um, I, I saw in one article as I was reading about this, them described as flying hypodermic needles. Sure, which is pretty pretty fair. Yeah, uh, they're terrible, and I hate them. <laughs> and so I thought we'd start by talking about mosquitoes and maybe some related viruses, and then I'll, and then I'll give you the scoop as far as I can tell from this doctor's perspective on Zika. So thank you to everybody who recommended this topic, specifically Tamara, Sean, Daniel, uh, Marguerite, Persephone, Andrea, Carly, and her high school students who are eager to learn about Zika and Gloria. 
Thank you guys so much. And everybody else. I know a lot of other people tweeted and said, hey, what's up with Zika? All right, Sid, it would really bug me if we didn't talk about mosquitoes first. So let's do it. That was that's the one and only joke you will hear in this podcast. It's uh, a pun you, about well, insects. It is the only joke you'll hear. I plan on repeating it a multiple times. Oh, excellent. Well, good. So Should everybody good at home, app. just turn it off now. <laughs> So mosquitoes have been around for at least 4 million years, as far as we know. Um, And they've probably been causing disease for a good bit of that time, although we didn't know it until much more recently. Um, They have definitely been drinking blood for that long. So they've had the potential to cause disease for that long. Uh, We really have, uh, like Justin, you're going to get so excited. You know, we've really found mosquitoes in amber, like trapped in amber from the Jurassic period. It's. And and like they've had blood meals still inside their little mosquito bodies. Like so we we that's close. true that we yeah, found it's so that. Far away. <laughs> it's torturous to know that there's dino DNA just like <laughs> lying around out there, and we can't do a thing with it. Not that we should. Life finds a way. <laughs> I don't know that. I mean, maybe we. I don't know that we can't do. That is not my area of expertise. You should be a little less concerned with whether or not you can. And be a little more concerned with whether or not you should. <laughs> you know how excited I get when you quote Jeff Goldblum at me. Okay. That's just going to be my whole night Wait now. till I get switched to Earth Girls Are Easy. I got a lot of those. Especially when you're looking me right in the eye. Yeah. Just don't start quoting the fly or else I'm done for. Yeah. <laughs> just make all those gooshy noises that he makes at the end. <laughs> I, I haven't seen the fly, I don't think. What? But now I know he makes gooshy noises at the end, so spoiler So alert. it's ruined. Yeah. It That really, it, you know what, Sid? <laughs> that really bugs me that you ruined that movie for me. The fly. <laughs> Really number bug- two number two for those for the drinking game that goes along with this episode that was yeah. number two uh throughout human history you may know this justin i don't know if you would i don't know if you'd, you would cool. know this it's a nice sentiment thank well, you well i mean <laughs> you know this is one of those fun facts that like i guess that i would like bring out at a party and then everybody else at the party would look at me like is that your idea of a conversation starter um more people have died from mosquito-borne illnesses than from any other single cause in the mm-hmm. history of humanity that does not surprise me they do a lot of really whack crap that's true that's true but i think i mean more than like war or famine or it's wild any other single disease that is wild yeah yeah uh, they still cause about a million deaths a year. Around half of those are still from malaria, although the, the stats get better and better every year from that, so, which is which is very promising. It's funny because as you're looking for those kinds of numbers, it's really important that you see, you know, for a lot of things, like if you, it's 2013 or 2014 or 2015, the numbers aren't that different mm-hmm. for diseases, but it's it's nice to see something. And we've done a whole show on malaria, so I'm not going to talk about it again. But like, it's nice to see the numbers from malaria drop each year, mm-hmm. the, the deaths from malaria. So like, we're doing better. We are fighting back. Um, there are about 3,000 species of mosquitoes. Not all carry disease, of course. Um, most, uh, and this is important for a lot of the disease processes and why certain diseases exist in some places on in the world and not in others. Uh, the way that mosquitoes lay their eggs, for the most part, not all, but most, they lay them in rafts. Did you know that? Like on water? No. They have like a raft of eggs. Oh, cool. Like That's gross. what the movie Without a Paddle was about, right? It was about Dax Shepard and those cats <laughs> just like cruising down a lake on a, a mosquito egg raft. On a mosquito, yes, I think. Without a paddle. Until, and like there's a time limit because you know at some point they're going to hatch. Mm-hmm. And then you're just in the water. And they were shrunk down, I think, by Wayne Zielinski's Ray from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's another part of the movie in Without a Paddle, too. My sequel to Without a Paddle. <laughs> 
And then it's also like the movie Speed, where like you have to go, you have to keep it a certain coolness. Once it's warmer, the eggs will hatch. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know. This is a great movie. I, I, don't, I don't know how mosquito eggs work, but I'm into it. No, I don't think they work that way. But it would be cool if they did. Uh, so there are about uh, one to four hundred eggs in these rafts, and it has to be on like still water. So right. it actually wouldn't work on like a river. You need more like a pond or a lake or so like a bucket of water. The traditional is like we think of places where there are like pools of standing water. You know, if I see one of these, should I just ruin it? I should like ruin it, right? Hey, you know, I'm not gonna say no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they seem like there's lots of mosquitoes. I don't think you're gonna endanger them. That's true. They're they're running around. Um, in that way, it would gross me out. So I personally wouldn't. Uh, in the same place where the eggs are, the raft of eggs, they will hatch into larvae and then pupa stages and then eventually the adults will pop out and they'll kind of hang out on the water um, until they're strong enough to take off and start annoying all of us, mm-hmm. right? Um, here's just one interesting mosquito fact for you that I stumbled across that is horrifying. Do you know that they used to execute people by mosquito in Alaska? Wow. So in places where there's cold weather, uh, mosquitoes like warmer weather. So sure. in places where there's colder weather, they have they've adapted their life cycles to be very uh, short during the the warmest you know period in that climate. Really, and carpe and the DM. Exactly. So they're very short. They're, the The life cycle of the mosquito in in Alaska and in a lot of colder places is very short, but it's extremely intense. So in that tiny period of time where there are lots of mosquitoes there's lots of mosquitoes and so one way that they would that i read that they could execute people is to put them in a canoe naked and then just send them down the yukon and you would die of one of two ways uh you would either obviously get bitten by so many mosquitoes that you bleed to death you exsanguinate essentially you're just you know anemic and then you die or you would suffocate on mosquitoes because wow. they're so thick in the air. That's a rough run. That's awful. That's really bad. That's a lot of mosquitoes. They're so laborious too. Like what? They, oh. Ugh. So don't oh, do something so bad in Alaska. But like, can you? But like, flip side, if you if this is a podcast hosted by mosquitoes, they would be telling that story. Like, I never believed it would happen to me. They put a human being <laughs> in a rat and just floated him, and he was just there for everybody to enjoy. It was the best <laughs> day of my life, and I was so glad I took. You know, I almost stayed home that day. I did. I almost stayed home. I was like, I'm just gonna watch Doctor Phil and chill out here, and I would have missed it. And that still, I get shudders to this day thinking about that. I could have missed it. And that was the first mosquito Thanksgiving. <laughs> it really puts it in perspective really, now, doesn't it? Really puts it in perspective, <laughs> doesn't it? Oh, you turkey eaters. We are too. I'm not judging anybody. Really into turkey. turkey. Sorry. Anyway. Anyway. So how did we figure out that these little flying hypodermic needles cause disease? Uh, if you needed another reason to dislike them. So the first thing that we that we kind of figured out and then and everything followed from there was malaria. Uh, the reason being, and again, we've done a whole episode on malaria, so I'm not going to talk about it a lot, but it it was the biggest problem. So a lot of people were trying to figure out, you know, where does malaria come from? How do people get it? You know, malaria, they used to think was from bad air, mal air. Right. Yeah. Get it? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, anyway, in the 1890s, a British scientist named Ronald Ross was able to prove his theory that mosquitoes carried malaria uh, by finding the malaria parasite inside of a mosquito. 
Um, he, they'd already seen some parasites in ticks, so that's where they got this idea, like, well, if ticks can carry thing, maybe other blood-sucking creatures can. And, uh, and then that's when, once they figured out, oh, hey, mosquitoes can carry malaria, then they started trying to investigate everything else. Like, well, what about all these other weird diseases that we don't know where people get them? And so... It was probably mosquitoes. There we go. Spoiler yeah. alert. History. So I want to talk about, before I talk about Zika, I want to talk about one, uh, there are a lot of different viruses in this certain, uh, uh, family that are similar to Zika. Um, dengue is one of them. Uh, there's yellow fever, which I think we've talked about mm-hmm. some before. Yeah, I think we did a yellow fever. I don't. I think we did, did a whole yellow, yellow fever, fever episode on, on Walter Reed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So we've we've talked about yellow fever before. Um, this is part of the Flavivirus genus, the the family Flaviviridae. Uh, so they're all related. Do do you need to make a flavor flavor joke here? No, sweetheart. Um, I saw I saw you get excited. I, 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 what I did, what I almost said was insert your own flavor flavor joke here. But that's something people say, uh, as Jesse Thorne, our network boss, pointed out. That's something people say when they can't come up with a joke. So I'm not going to say that because I couldn't come up with it. I'm not going to fake like I could. All okay. right. The well, end. here's here's the good news. Zika is also in the flavor flavor viridae family. So you've got some time if you you know if you want to come up with a joke like that. We have a whole other virus to talk about. Well, no. It is, okay. I'll be honest though, it's really bugging me that I can't come up with one. There you go. There's number three. These are slow drinkers tonight, so you're going to have to speed it up. So dengue, which is, is part of this family, is an important an important virus to talk about because about 390 million people each year get dengue fever, fever. Um, which is actually one of four different viruses that can cause the same kind of syndrome. They're related. Uh, so we're going to talk about the, the the syndrome as opposed to each specific virus. Okay. Um, and dengue has also, in more recent years, we've seen some cases in the U.S. You may I, th- I feel like I remember this, yeah. Yes. It, it, it seems like every... I'm not I'm not lumping Zika in with this because I, I I think it's probably different and also I don't know enough about it to, to draw these conclusions, but... Not yet. Not yet, but hopefully by the end. Um it seems like uh, it seems like every year there's like something pops up in the U.S. It's like all of a sudden it's popping off here, and like we should be specifically like mosquito related, like West Nile, yeah. For for example, like something pops up and it's like, hey, everybody, freak out! Mosquitoes suck again. Mosquitoes suck. Literally. Well, yeah, and that's and we'll talk about at, at the end. I want to talk a little bit more about mosquitoes in general, but um. But that is one of the the problems with mosquito-borne illnesses. And there are lots of reasons we're seeing them more in the U.S. And I know right now there are people yelling, like, climate change, climate change. And that is part of why, you know, as, as it gets warmer, it's more amenable to mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are traveling further north, and so we're seeing mosquito-borne illnesses. Um, but they're also, as we travel more, mm-hmm. uh, it's really easy to, you know, I mean, how does a mosquito-borne illness work? Think about it. I can't pass it to you. You know, I don't get dengue and give justin dengue i get dengue and then a mosquito would have to bite me and then bite justin and pass dengue along to him Mm -hmm. so it's not easy to do if you've just got like one person with it right but as you have more and more people traveling all over the world and getting exposed to this stuff you're exposing mosquitoes to it too so you're carrying it home as long as there is the right type of mosquito if you carry that home and then those mosquitoes bite you it seems like for it, tell me if I'm wrong, for a disease vector, mosquitoes don't seem like particularly effective when compared with mm. things like airborne or, is that not true? Is that not accurate? Well, I mean, yeah, if you're comparing it to, to airborne and for the potential to just like, you know, 
hit a whole population at once very quickly, but it's a very effective vector because mosquitoes multiply quickly and there are tons of them and you can't go out and as we have seen in history, we're not very good at eradicating them. Although I'll talk about that too. We might be getting better at it. Nice. Um, Watch your back. And I think if for no other reason, I think the, uh, the prevalence and the difficulty we've had getting malaria under control would speak to just how effective mosquitoes can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you're right. We are seeing more and more of these kinds of things. And you mentioned West Nile. That's in the same family, actually. Okay. Uh, some of the other ence- encephalitis, encephalitis causing viruses, Japanese encephalitis. Uh, there's a whole family that are very similar. Um, dengue is one we like to talk about. Uh, some of the names people find very, like, kind of mysterious and spooky. Like, we call it breakbone fever. That's a bad one. Yeah. Yeah, that scares people. Uh, it was actually, you know, even called for a while dandy fever. That's much better. Yeah, that one sounds dandy. okay. I'd like to. I'd like to have I a could, dandy. I fever. could do with a little dandy fever. Um, and it has probably been more clinically significant uh, throughout human history than Zika has until until very recently. You know, um, about half of patients who get dengue are actually asymptomatic, meaning they don't know they got it. Um. Some get like a mild febrile illness, meaning like they just kind of get a fever and they feel kind of yucky and then they're fine. And mm-hmm. they probably never knew they had dengue because then they got better and they didn't go to the doctor. Others actually get true dengue fever or dengue hemorrhagic fever. And this is when like the break bone fever comes into play where and the reason it's called that is because you feel like your bones are breaking. Uh, that was one of the ways um, the first time I went to Honduras, they told me that I might see some cases of dengue. I actually only saw one the whole time I was there. But they said, you know, it's important to know the difference between malaria and dengue. And one of the things that they can point out is that people with malaria clearly don't feel good. I mean, you can tell, like, they, they look like they don't feel well. People with dengue are in pain. And and I saw that in the one patient that I saw with dengue is that, that, that they definitely have that severe pain um and then dengue hemorrhagic fever moves on to like bleeding and rashes and your liver can get enlarged and you can get really sick you can die from dengue hemorrhagic fever it's, it's mm-hmm. a big deal um it was it probably is a lot older in the grand scheme of things we we see descriptions of what was probably dengue in like an ancient chinese medical encyclopedia that dates back to like the Jin dynasty it's in like 992 or something where they speak of what they call a water poison that is transmitted by flying insects. Okay. Yeah. Sounds and, about right. And they describe that kind of pain that we think they're probably talking about dengue. So dengue has been around and recognized and even maybe associated with mosquitoes for a really long time. It's long pretty bo- smart. Like, I'm pretty impressed. Yes. It's a pretty good job, Chinese medicine guys. Yeah. And there, you find instances like this, right? We talk about this a lot on the show where it seems like somebody in ancient times figured something out that was super important. And then we collectively forgot it for. Thanks. The dark ages. You know, hundreds and of years. Again. And then we figured it out again, like in the last century or whatever, you know, in the last I'm, two centuries. If, I, if I'm ever transported back to the dark ages, I'm just going to walk around shoving people into wells. Those people, those are the, bring me your medicine men. I'm going to shove them into what your what wizards about, probably though. It's probably what you call them. What about the butterfly effect? The butterfly. What if it, my name is Ignatius Macaronius. Oh, no. oh no. You're my great, 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 great grandfather. Oh no, I'm disappearing. Oh, and all I know is I'm sitting there and I'm holding a, a picture, a Polaroid probably of you of me and you're yeah. slowly disappearing from it. But if I killed him, how could I have gone back and killed him? In the first place, uh oh, paradox world splits open. 
Sorry, I guess we finally solved the mosquito problem because time stopped. Okay, but much scarier than all that. Did you just ruin Back to the Future for me? No, sweetheart. It's a, no, you, but you ruined the fly for me. So I think <laughs> it's only fair. So the the word dengue, um, it's interesting where it comes from. It may come from a Swahili phrase that translates to cramp-like seizure caused by an evil spirit. They have a phrase for that, do they? <laughs> yes, they Smile, what a robust language. <laughs> Um, or it this might, is, this, which it this seems is likely the, to be, because that seems like a pretty good description of dengue. My favorite word is the Swahili phrase that means that feeling when you feel like you might have left your checkbook at home, but you're not sure, but you don't really have time to drive back and get it, so you just got to go ahead and go to the store anyway. That's Swahili, <laughs> that classic Swahili word. Are you still using a checkbook often? No, sweetheart, it's just the first thing that came to my mind, okay? okay. Sheesh. Uh, it may also come from the Spanish word dengue, which means careful like or fastidious which it would be a reference to when people have dengue they like they walk very delicately because they hurt so much um that's actually where the term dandy fever also comes from because they said that people who it it used to be said that people who had dengue would walk like a dandy Mm. like very delicately yeah so like a, a very and i think by that they meant like at the time period like a very finely dressed gentleman would walk walk very properly and delicately so as not to disturb anything that he was wearing or any of your bones that were like hurting really badly. Right. Okay. Um, it didn't spread all over until the 1700s. Um, and that's when we see like all of these instances of descriptions of dengue and, and people trying to figure out like where did this come from and why did it spread all over? Because we did. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We built big giant boats and we took people all over the world in them. And what did we take with us? People. Mosquitoes. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. That too. So we took mosquitoes all over the world and, and people carrying diseases that then infected mosquitoes and mosquitoes infected people and on and on and on. Um, and it, it, and that's when Benjamin Rush actually dubbed it breakbone fever. Okay. So um, some interesting old cures for dengue. There weren't a lot. People really didn't know what to do. They just hoped you got better. Mm-hmm. Um, which they're really supportive management is all we do now. In 1771, uh, Dr. Sabater in Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico was the first one to advise any kind of cure. And it was rum. Go for it. As good as any, I guess. Uh, Benjamin Rush, who we've talked about before, who loved bloodletting for, and he was one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence and one of our founding fathers and also father of psychiatry. He loved bloodletting for like everything except for dengue, which was a good idea since a lot of people did get hemorrhaging with dengue. Instead, he proposed like laxatives and emetics, meaning things that make you puke, rest, a liquid diet, and also something called tartar, tartar emetic, mm. which I only mentioned because this has been used a lot throughout like bad medicine history. <laughs> um, Tartary medic is a really powerful puking substance. It's called antimony potassium tartrate is actually what it, what it's made of. It's a chemical chemical substance. Um, it used to also be used for parasite infections until we found better stuff for that. And you could make it. This is what's cool. You could get cups made of antimony, that, that compound antimony, and then mm-hmm. you could pour wine into it and leave it for 24 hours and it would create this substance. Weird. And so then you could sit there and sip the wine out of your antimony cup and when it was effective, you'd know because you'd start hurling and then it was working. And then your dingue got better. Yes. No, but anyway. Uh, Sid, I, I, this is all very interesting, but uh, I'm trying to freak out about Zika over here. So if you could hook me up with some of that information, I would greatly appreciate it. Well, that that is exactly what I'm going to tell you about next. But first, why don't we head to the billing department? Let's go. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. 
Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. What are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Hi, I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Riley Smurl. And we co-host a podcast called Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. On our show, we tackle all of the hot teen topics that kids have on their minds today. Hot teen topics? Well, you know, the, the questions that are that are plaguing teenagers through their tumultuous growing years. Questions like, how do I party? Or what do I do with all this hair everywhere? The same questions that people like Sydney had during their years as teenagers. Many, many, many. Okay, not that many. So, so long ago. Yeah, okay, I think they get the idea. So search for Still Buffering on iTunes or MaximumFun.org for new episodes every Tuesday. Still Buffering. I am a teenager. And I was too. Over and over again. Over and over again.
Okay, Sid, I'm ready. I've waited long enough. Tell me about the Zika virus. All right, so Zika virus. In 1947, not that long ago, really, uh, some researchers in Uganda took a rhesus monkey and put it in a cage and set it in a treetop in the Zika forest on the western edge of Lake Victoria. Now, why would they do this strange thing? They were working for the Rockefeller Institute, and they were studying yellow fever. And the goal was to, unfortunately, get this monkey infected with yellow fever. Um, they knew that, you know, mosquitoes carried that. And so they were, basically, it was mosquito bait. And they knew monkeys hated it. Yes. Uh, and they didn't, monkeys they didn't like monkeys. hate having yellow fever. Ugh, it's the pits. I think everybody does. Uh, the monkeys. Mon- the monkey did get sick. So they succeeded. Except it didn't get sick with yellow fever. Uh, So they examined the monkey and figured out they isolated a brand new virus um, as far as humans were concerned. Probably not a brand new virus in terms of like evolutionary history, but as far as we knew about. Uh, And it was dubbed Zika after the Zika forest where it was found, which is actually the word for overgrown Hmm. because it's a big overgrown forest. Uh, they figured out that it was, uh, that they, they started looking like, well, this is probably also a mosquito-borne illness, because at this point we were pretty familiar that this was a thing that happened. Uh, and they found it in an uh, 80s mosquito, which is a common... Uh, it had like the, it, it was like listening to the, uh, to a bunch of like Billy Idol and uh, the bangles and... <laughs> That's exactly right. Going to the mall. Yeah. I have really big hair. Deep into Tiffany. <laughs> That's uh, that was good. I like that. Thanks. Yes. So no, uh, it was A E D E S as a certain oh, yeah genus of mosquito, bad. which is it co- uh, commonly carries different viruses, and uh, they found the Zika virus inside the mosquitoes as well. Mm-hmm. So now we know this mosquito carries it. These monkeys can get it. Here we go. This is where it comes from, and really up until two thousand seven, we didn't really care much about Zika virus. We found it sometimes in people we would find evidence like that they would have antibodies against it. You know, we would do studies and see like, oh, this person has had Zika virus at some point in their life. But the, the person would have no recollection of any particular terrible illness. Um, and then sometimes we would see cases, but they were usually sporadic. And honestly, people didn't get that sick. Mm-hmm. So we didn't worry about it. And it was in that same like kind of band around the center of the earth where these types of mosquitoes mainly live is where we would see it. However, in 2007, we start to see some more cases that um, that were a little bit like larger outbreaks and a little bit more significant. Uh, when people did get sick, most of them, they just got like a mild fever and like some achy joints and some rashes. Conjunctivitis, meaning your eyes get red, is a big mm-hmm. one hallmark kind of of the disease that a lot of people get. Uh but most people still were getting, I mean, but everybody was still getting better. Not just most people. Everybody was getting better. Yeah. Like they would get sick, but they got better. So in 2007, there was this outbreak on the island of Yap in the South Pacific. There were about 100 cases. So, sounds like a Dr. Seuss locale. It does. The island of I Yap. I thought that because Yap is what all the who's yell. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking of. But it's not. It's a real place. I and believe you. They got Zika about I didn't a- think you'd uh, <laughs> brought in a Dr. Seuss location to try to trip me up. You win. You found it. The fake location I made up to the, trick Justin. They uh they had traveled to the jungle of Yule too. <laughs> <laughs> so so there were about a hundred cases that were reported. They actually checked people out later and found that most of the people on the island were probably exposed to it, but mm-hmm. only a hundred people got sick. Um, and then they saw slightly bigger outbreaks in 2013. French Polynesia saw a huge outbreak, like twenty eight thousand people got sick. Mm-hmm. Most of them again with a, a pretty mild illness. 
But this is when we start to see some a little scarier stuff. Some uh, neurological consequences happen in a small percentage of people who got it. And about it's like 70 or so people um, had some neurological problems. And then some even developed Guillain-Barre. It's kind of like temporary paralysis that can happen after certain illnesses. Uh, so so some people got, got pretty sick. It was a little scarier. But most people who got it, again, got better on their own pretty quickly weren't that sick to begin with mm-hmm. and then the, again they found that a lot of people were exposed and never showed symptoms or anything so this brings us up to 2015 uh last year and this is this is when things start to get get kind of scary so we start to see an outbreak in brazil in april which was a new place for zika by the way we had never seen uh, zika virus in brazil until this past year now how did it get there by the way Probably sports. Thanks, sports. Probably the World Cup. That's a that's our theory. We don't know. That's just one theory. Is it? Is it? A, you know, there was a reason for a lot of people to be traveling from uh, a lot of different Sydney, places. If there's a theory that can assign large amounts of blame for a serious issue to sports, are the kids going to take that <laughs> one? Okay, yeah, that's the one. Thank you very much. There are a lot of football fans all over the world right now who are very mad at you. I mean, like football, like actual football, like footy. Not a. Football de Norte Americano. Exactly. Um, so, so they see outbreaks of it again in about April in Brazil. Um, same kind of thing where most people are getting like a self-limited illness, mild symptoms, and getting better. So people aren't very excited about it at that point. The reason we're talking about it now is because of what we started seeing in this past October. So really recently, doctors started noticing a drastic increase in cases of something called microcephaly. Uh, microcephaly is is actually a congenital problem. So babies are born with this condition. And it is when the microcephaly refers to the fact that the head appears smaller and it's associated with brain underdevelopment. Um, so these children are going to have some some degree of delay. Um and up until then in Brazil, up until this past year, you, you see this anyway, you see this occasionally, you know, this is a, this is something that isn't only caused by a virus. Uh, but the, there were about 147, I think in the year prior cases of microcephaly last year, there were over 4,000. That's a really significant jump. And so obviously doctors in Brazil started looking into what what could have caused this? Something has happened. Right. Um, and that's when they start being able to isolate the Zika virus from amniotic fluid in some of these mothers. Now, this link is not 100% for sure known. We suspect it. Even to this moment. Yes, even at this moment. Okay. We highly suspect it. We think that this is definitely um, a possible cause. Uh, but, but we're still studying the pregnancies and the children that were born with this everywhere that we're seeing this. To, to try to 100% prove that this is, in fact, the cause. Um, but, it, but it's a high suspicion at this point, so it is something we want to take seriously. Uh, we started to see cases in other countries now, Venezuela, Colombia, Mexico. The U.S. has had a few cases you've probably heard about. Mm-hmm. They weren't actually, and this is important to know, d- this distinction, people aren't getting it in the U.S. They're bringing it back to the U.S., from places where it is already endemic. Right. Okay. So that's a, that's a big distinction as far as how concerned should you be about it being passed around your community. Right now. Right. Um, there was a baby born in Hawaii with microcephaly, which has caused a lot of panic there. Um, and I think a lot of it's, island areas would be worried. Yeah. It, but, but microcephaly is not only caused by this. Right? No, Obviously. it's not. It's not. So that's why we're still trying to investigate if all these cases are linked to Zika or not. Right. Um, 
So now in reaction to this, the CDC has issued travel warnings to basically uh, all of us and then specifically pregnant women. That's that's who we're really targeting with this uh, about any kind of affected areas. So travel warnings to uh, there are a lot of different countries, um, Brazil, of course, and Colombia and El Salvador. And, and there's, there's a whole list. You can look it all up on the CDC if you're thinking of traveling. I would mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. Um, go to the CDC website and there's tons it's of information. It's a good thing to always do, actually, before you travel. Actually, yeah. Anytime you're going to travel, go to the CDC and go to Internationally, see, go see your doctor. Like going to Ohio. Yeah, no. Go, go see your doctor um, for, for a travel health visit. Um, and then there are also countries that are also um, issuing these travel warnings. And then there are some countries that are urging women to delay pregnancy as a result of this. El Salvador, Jamaica, Colombia, Brazil, they're all uh, basically saying, hey, try not to get pregnant for a while until we kind of figure this thing out um the thing is the virus is going to go where the mosquitoes are right we have these mosquitoes here right the only places that that conceivably we probably won't see the virus in north and south america would be canada and chile why not Chile? everywhere else is at risk they just don't because of the climate okay um there's illnesses Mm -hmm. um there was just i just saw this actually like two days ago there was a a suspected case before and now we have a confirmed case that it 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 actually can be passed from person to person but that that's not quite as scary as if our the mosquitoes flying around us are carrying but again it's we're not pregnant right for most people no Zika virus, but yes, the, the majority yes, of people who, who get it are going to get sick and get better and be fine. Be aware of these travel warnings. Be aware of this, you know, go to the CDC if you're thinking of doing any travel anywhere, because that's our best bet at this point, right? Um, do you know why mosquitoes bite humans? Aspects of our scent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are actually 400 compounds that make up human scent, and so those actually make us less likely to be bitten by mosquitoes, mm-hmm. but there are about 10% of people who because of do to overcome that. Cool. Although you will read about like eat a bunch of garlic or avoid salt or don't eat anything. Uh, you know, and this isn't like an ancient problem in Egypt. They would put castor oil in lamps in ancient Rome. They would put vinegar all over their bodies. Um, all throughout history, we've tried burning different things to scare away mosquitoes, fish, snakeskin, feathers, burn a coconut, uh, to try to ward off mosquitoes. Um, but what I would say is that, uh, you know, if you really want to avoid mosquitoes, and I, this is not a popular position, use DEET. Um, if you go to the CDC, they're, that's what they're going to tell you to do. Yeah. If you're going to an area, especially, and I've done it um, in my travels when I've gone to uh, malarious areas, areas where malaria is endemic, um, I've used DEET. And I, and I know that that is scary for a lot of people, but that is still the recommendation. There are other choices. Uh, Picaridin, uh, oil of lemon eucalyptus mm-hmm. is effective. So if you don't want to use DEET, these are other options that repel mosquitoes. There's a compound called IR3535, so write that down. Sounds um, a little bit creepier than DEET. These are all in over-the-counter uh, mosquito repellents. Okay. So all if any of these are in there, they're probably going to work against mosquitoes. Um, cover yourself, wear light-colored clothes, long-sleeve clothes, you know, long pants. Um, uh, be indoors if possible. Sure. Air conditioning can help. Window and door screens are a huge thing. Just having window screens and door screens hugely you know like in areas where there was malaria adding those greatly decreased deaths from malaria just window screens um nets of course to sleep under if you're going to be somewhere you know i mean not in the u.s but if you're going if you're going outside the u.s um and then uh and things that attract mosquitoes are movement and heat and sweat especially old sweat because then it has germs in it and mosquitoes like old sweat with bacteria in it grody now, I read an argument that we should kill off all the mosquitoes. Yeah, I wrote it. 
Did you write it? Yeah, I write it. It was a really interesting argument that um, people like are, an argument from a science person or an argument from just like a dude. From a dude. Okay. From got a dude it. who, but he now to be fair, he interviewed a lot of scientists before he made his argument. Okay. And um, what he was saying is, so we've tried to kind of do this before with DDT. We tried to kill off a lot of mosquitoes. The fact is mosquitoes were actually whatever you want to say about DDT, whether it was, you know, because there's a lot of contention about that. Was it really that harmful or not? Um, One thing is that mosquitoes got resistant to it pretty quickly. Mm. So whether or not it was the most effective way to kill mosquitoes would be a whole other question. Um, I think it it would work for brief periods of time. But we're finding better ways to kill mosquitoes with genetic engineering. Great. That's not creepy at all. No, it's pretty creepy. They found ways to introduce like... Um, genetically sterilized mosquitoes into populations to try to basically like end their line which is scary they found ways to just create like um, male mosquito like to to program all the mosquitoes so that they can only give birth to males that's cool and then they'll end mosquitoes not a fan. No. No, um, thank you. They tried x-raying them to sterilize them for a while, but mosquitoes are really fragile, and so they just died. Yeah. So that doesn't work. Um, but there's this whole conversation I mean, it does on. work. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it, it works. But you can't x-ray them all. No, but, like, you would have to to sterilize them, Sydney. They even tried... They this even, plan is crazy. You didn't think through this. <laughs> they, they even tried... Um, this thing where they would like put genes in mosquitoes that would just make them really susceptible to something. And then you, what you would do is you would engineer all these mosquitoes and then like make them hardier than other mosquitoes and then introduce them into the population. So they would outlast and outlive all of the other mosquitoes. And then it could be that like this one pesticide kills them all or they're all vulnerable to this temperature. So as soon as it hits, you put a kill switch in there and you flip the kill switch and their brain shuts down. Well, or as, as soon as it hits like 88 degrees Fahrenheit, Mosquitoes or are all dead. Miles per hour. It goes back Either in way. time and kills Either all way. mosquitoes. <laughs> back that's, to speed. That's what happens in Back to the Future. <laughs> um, I've seen it, I know. But should we kill all the mosquitoes? Yup. <laughs> Done. I don't know. Uh, it makes I me, don't know. That makes me that it makes, makes me concerned because that's also very easy for me to say as somebody who does not live in an area where like these things are so hugely prevalent and devastating. Exactly. And right now we don't know that they that they hold like this really super important place in the you know, in the web of, of life, like would all ecosystems collapse if mosquitoes disappeared? I don't know. But isn't that like enough reason not to do it? I'd because not, I like, don't know. With it. Like we're wiping out enough stuff just like accidentally. Yeah. I'd rather not hey, um, but I, this has been super long and, and I think it's been interesting, but I want to like something that I feel like we didn't really like hit that I want to like kind of get your opinion on. And I know that a lot of this will be conjecture. So I want to, I want to say that first, but like you, when we did our episode about Ebola, it was very much about like, here are the reasons why for a certain group of people, most of the people who would be listening to the show, probably not like a panic moment. Like, what should what should like our freak out meter about Zika be? And what do we know that like what what do we know or not know that would affect that sort of ruling? I think that um, if you're listening to the show and you don't live in one of the countries where Zika is endemic right now, you shouldn't be freaking out about it. You really shouldn't. I mean, unless you just traveled there or you're about to travel there or something then I would be I would never advise freaking out. It doesn't really <laughs> but I would advise being cautious if if you're in those situations otherwise i mean like for for us living in west virginia there's no reason to be concerned about it um if 
Zeke, we'll probably see some Zika transmission in the U.S. eventually if it follows the, the course of a lot of these other mosquito-borne illnesses. We may see that probably on sorry southern states in the in the more southern states it's more likely first, but the fact is if you're talking about like this the scary scenario that people like to paint for you that somebody has traveled to Brazil and that they've come back to some area in the U.S. northern U.S. wherever somewhere where they probably wouldn't have gotten it quickly anyway and then they get bitten by a mosquito and then that mosquito infects a person and then they infect another mosquito and like that would be so hard to do with just one person having Zika virus, I mean, it's pretty much impossible. That kind right. of scenario just is, it, in that sense, you're right about mosquitoes. They're not a very efficient vector. Um, if you have an, a, a one person infected to try to infect an entire population of mosquitoes, that's crazy. That's not going to happen. So even though we have the right mosquito and it's conceivable we could have the virus It has to be here, a, a sp- it, it will radiate. It will not, like... No. insert itself it would radiate from other areas exactly you may see tiny little outbreaks here and there but the other thing that's also very helpful in a lot of places in the u.s is sanitation mm, sure you don't have i mean that's been the biggest thing with malaria is that mosquitoes like big pools of standing water to lay their egg rafts in if you don't have i mean if you have pretty decent sanitation you don't have a lot of big pools of standing water around your house yeah, or your yard and I, and or I your... bet think about like especially if you talk about what's happening in Brazil right now there's construction everywhere I'm certain exactly that's going to lead to tons of you know standing water and, and, and uh, concentration of human beings exactly people working outdoors like it's like a hotbed it's perfect and and those are the kinds of situations that would be more concerning um i would say certainly for the olympics should we super cancel the olympics you know i've thought i've had that thought like what it what will be the plan about the olympics i mean i mean maybe they control it like maybe we get our and a lot of these people are going to be inside and they're not gonna be wandering outside and Um, again like you said though if the concern is let's like like if the concern is these people all spread out back to their home country and bring it home it's not like that that's very unlikely to happen it's just not it's not an efficient way to do it you can't you can't infect enough mosquitoes who could then affect infect enough people who could then infect enough mosquitoes and so on and so forth yeah to, to do it that way so and also we're, we're working on a vaccine because that's the best way to control this, honestly. And, you know, we we have made vaccines. I think a great corollary I read about this against other viruses that probably aren't that big a deal. But because of the congenital effects of it, it's a big deal. Rubella is a great example. If you got rubella, you'd probably be fine. If you get rubella and you're pregnant, it's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And so I think Zika would fall into that same category where va- a vaccine is going to be. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to make one. Because we're good at that, right? Sorry, we are. Humans are going to make a vaccine, and then we'll be okay. But until we make the vaccine, I would be cautious. I wouldn't freak out, though. And honestly, if you don't live somewhere where it's already being transmitted, you should really be spending your worry on other people and hoping that they're okay and not so worried about yourself right now. Because you're fine. You're fine. There's the good news. I just said you're fine. You're fine. I want to give a big plug to Still Buffering. It's a new podcast from Sydney and her sister Riley, where they talk about... uh, teenage life comparing Sydney's life as a teenager to Riley's current existence uh, you are in for a treat with their second episode which is all about technology and communication technology specifically uh, hearing Riley freak out about the idea of chat rooms is outstanding and I would recommend the entire episode you can find that uh, by searching uh, iTunes for still buffering or you can go to teengoogle.com to find all <laughs> the still buffering thank you Justin still buffering you need uh, there's a lot of other shows on the Maximum Fun Network. Schmanners is another great one that my brother Travis just launched with his wife, Teresa, who's something of an etiquette expert. She's sort of like a, a, 
a uh, she's uh, who I turn to. Yeah, she's yeah, she's the person we ask about this kind of stuff, and she's hosting a, a sort of a etiquette in the modern era show called Schmanners, like Manners Schmanners, get it? But that's on iTunes as well, and it's also maximumfun.org. There's a ton of other shows. Uh, oh, also, if you're new to The Bachelor, check out Rose Buddies. It's on iTunes, uh, and and my brother Griffin hosts it with his wife Rachel. It's really funny, even if you don't listen to the show. I really I really dig it, but. Those are uh, just a few of the things that are happening right now. We got a lot more for you. Um, if you go to McElroyShows.com, you can find pretty much all the stuff we're doing right now if you're curious about it. Uh, we're, we're spinning up new things regularly for the people. Uh, but uh, we <laughs> For you, found, our people. For you, our we people. Love. Hey, we don't ask this a lot, but if you found... Uh, Zika's kind of a hot topic right now. If you found this interesting or educational or reassuring or anything, um, please share it with a friend. Please send somebody a link and say, hey... Or put it on your Facebook or Twitter or whatever. It, it would really help us out a lot, especially if you point people towards our iTunes page. So they can leave us a review or subscription. That yeah, and I hope really I hope awesome. it was reassuring. Yeah. I was trying to be. I, I I'm reassuring you now. If mm-hmm. I was before, be uh, reassured. And uh, that's gonna do it for us, folks. Until next Wednesday. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.